is the Internet Report's bi-weekly pulse update, where we keep our finger on the pulse of the internet and see how it's holding up week after week. We often hear that the internet is held together with chewing gum and string, but quite frankly, the truth is only slightly less concerning. Every other week, I'll be back here sharing the latest outage numbers, highlighting a few interesting outages, trends, traits, and general health of the internet. This week, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, uh, Kamal. How are you, mate? How's it going? Hey, Mike, good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Um, before we get started, I do actually want to welcome everyone. This is a new podcast um, and a new flavor of the Internet Report. So we're producing this in, in the show. We've been producing this show in a blog form for like nearly a year now. Uh, so we really thought it was about time we sort of verbalize it and started to sort of come across there and show our findings in podcast forms. But don't worry, we're still going to be producing the deep dive Internet Report um, anytime anything major happens. The idea of this is just to keep you something regular within your, your podcast that you could actually listen to to understand what's going on from the health of the internet. Now, just before we get started, in terms of housekeeping, we'd love for you to hit like and subscribe uh, so you can do that and keep your fingers on the pulse of the internet every week. As I said, we're going to be putting this out from there. But any questions you've got, any ideas, anything you want to look into, uh, reach out to us anytime at the internet report at thousandeyes.com uh, and we're happy to uh, potentially address your questions for future episodes. All right, let's dive in. And before we start, we're going to look at the numbers to see what happened this week. So what we're looking at here is the numbers. And some of the interesting things, uh, Kamal, that, that started to see is this decrease as we start to come down. So this is obviously going back to sort of um, uh, early October there. Uh, and we can see the start to, to increase. What we're looking at here is the global outages observed and then we actually sort of break that down as well to the US perspective as well just really interesting to sort of see the trends and the reason we're sort of breaking out the US uh, outages is that when we look or as I've looked at these numbers over time what I've actually started to see is that um, the US outages typically uh, attribute about 38 percent of all the observed outages so it just makes sense for us to actually track see what's going on from there but the interesting thing I really want to call out here is actually started to get into um sort of the November timeframe. So we're starting to get an area there. This is kind of seasonal. We sort of see a drop coming off from there. So we see this decrease from 35, uh, 352, 231, and then it dropped dramatically uh, to, to 222, right? That's a 33% drop. Um, that's not necessarily unusual. It's actually quite seasonal, but it's interesting that it is occurring around that week of uh, November 21st to 27th, which for us in the, uh, well, me in the Southern Hemisphere, you in Northern Hemisphere, but neither of us in North America, that's <laughs> Thanksgiving week. So Yeah, it's actually quite interesting to see this dip uh, uh, for the week of November 21st till November 27th, right? Uh, as we know, it's a Thanksgiving week. People are probably taking their uh, vacations, you know. And interestingly enough, as you pointed out, this is like period of time when the things are kind of slowing down in terms of changes and stuff like that. And, you know, companies are moving towards the, uh, change freezes to be perfectly honest like if you if you think about it like holiday season is um, where the companies are going to have less employees uh, being on call and, and you know engineers looking at the stuff and you know so it kind of makes sense that this dip that we see especially in November uh, 21st to 27 um, you know it kind of makes sense that it happened right so hopefully people were yeah. enjoying their holidays and you know having a good <laughs> time like right I, I, I give thanks down here because it means my email box is kind of quiet for that week. So I, I can see the same what's going on there. But it, it's it is interesting. And and 
you talk about the, the freezes we see there, we see this sort of coming across. And like I said, if I look seasonally back across, you know, we, we've got this data going back sort of years and we can actually start to see this. It, it kind of follows these patterns coming from there. Um, yeah. and, and maybe not for this episode, but digging into it for later on, I'm also now starting to see sort of a different patterns happen. So we come down to November change. I'm seeing a bit of a rush in some areas and then I expect to drop off again over the uh, holiday period again. But while we uh, we're at that point, let's, uh, let's let's take a look at the, what the internet has served up for us in the terms of outages and let's go under the hood uh, with a couple of interesting events. All right, Kamal. So having said I've promised you an outages or dive into the outages, there really isn't that much thematical about the set of incidents and degradations uh, uh, that we want to talk about today. But there was some really interesting idiosyncrasies uh, that, that went into there. And I think that warrants some investigation. So let's, let's sort of jump in. The first one we want to talk about is a, a general look at the Twitter landscape since it's sold to Elon Musk. And while nothing major happened, again, I keep using the word a lot, but I do find it fascinating. Some of these little footprints and traits we've actually started to see from there. Um, just a quick note again before we dive into this, uh, if you're actually uh, curious about what we're seeing and what we're showing here on the screen, um, for those of you listening along, we'll actually be able to, You can, if you want to get in to dive into these, these views themselves, we will have various um, uh, links beneath the, the show notes there, uh, or as well as if you actually uh, uh, go to the Pulse update blog as well, again, they'll have the screenshots and the actual views yourself, so you can actually see what it is we're actually sort of going on about from here. So if we go back in time, we can start to see where these sort of outages are occurring. They're quite sporadic. But as we actually start to get into this area where the sale took place, what we actually start to see is intensity starts to increase. And we still have these periods here where we're starting to see quite a lot of activity uh, where we're actually sort of going in um, to, to see what sort of happens from a, a, an outage perspective. As I said, again, these are all kind of sporadic. And what they were really interesting was that None of these were were uh, sort of that devastating in terms of they started to really impact the end users. People were reporting lagginess. Um, people were, were saying sort of things were failing to load. Um, but what I, what's really interesting from our perspective was the way we were able to actually visualize this, to be able to just see what was going on. So to start with, I saw these sort of outages occurring from there, or these, these hits in degradations in service, but down to be able to get into sort of each level. The, the other thing I, I want to say about that really is that um, a lot of the, 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 the people, when the sale took place, were sort of saying it's going to fall over in, in three weeks. We haven't seen any of that. Like I said, we've seen these degradation occurring and these small instances, which to a degree, um, and I think you and I discussed this offline before, is that this is almost understandable. If I'm going in and starting to look at something uh, to understand what's going on, I might want to just sort of turn things on and off to see exactly what's happening. Yeah, and the other thing is like, you know, um there was a lot of discussion on what went on and there were some unfortunate events uh, such as layoffs and you know other things that happened during this time frame when it happened but you know it actually speaks uh, a lot uh, the fact that the, the Twitter did not buckle, right? It speaks a lot about the uh, really good SRE and architectural practices that they were following, right? If you think about it, you know, um, reducing workforce was quite significant. You know, uh, there was a lot of churn as a result of unsatisfaction of people over there, you know. And, you know, I was actually quite curious on what 
this is going to uh, look like. And as you pointed out, these are just sporadic outages taking place. But, you know, and yes, uh, while they were affecting people to a certain degree, nothing major happened. And, you know, when I was reading some blog posts from the people that unfortunately departed the company, right, um, they were speaking about or they were writing about uh, SRE practices and good engineering practices. And I was quite impressed of what they were doing at, at the company. So actually, if you think about it, it's, it does not surprise that, the you know, the architecture and uh, the platform held uh, so well. So the last thing that actually took place, uh, as far as I can recall, is that route leak uh, that happened back in March of uh, 2022, which we actually covered on the internet report. Uh, but the thing is, like, it was outside of their control. So the fact that, you know, they went uh, through all of this uh, that happened to the company, you know, um, it actually speaks quite a lot about, like, how good the architecture and uh, infrastructure actually is. Yeah, Absolutely. So, so what we saw uh, within the system itself, like I said, we saw sort of 503 service unavailables where things were dropping out. They're all really short durations, sort of at you know, a minute, two minutes at a time. We then sometimes saw sort of the longest one I think I saw was 11 minutes, which was, was something around in, in terms of some authentication issues, which to a degree have been documented where, where, where some two-factor authentication, there was a failure to send out some, some um, uh, from an email perspective uh, around there. But really... Like I said, everything was really, really short and it was within the application itself. So one of the things I found really interesting was, was sort of how this manifests itself in very small areas and within the application itself. So this is a real, real cool one. Right? Um, I think I've said this to you many times. I'm a simple man. I like looking at pictures. This was really beautiful as it sort of came down. So what we're looking at here is we're looking at a, an individual transaction where we're actually going to it. And this is where we sort of saw one of these outages occurring, which degradations in service. What we see down at the, the bottom in the waterfall is a beautiful step. I could actually walk down that quite nicely into my back garden there, these sort of steps coming in from there. But what it is is a whole series of redirects. So it's simply just redirecting to itself. So basically it's looking for a, a case or something like that. So it's actually redirecting. It's getting to itself and it's saying, no, I'm not the right place and sending it exactly back to itself again. So it gets stuck in this loop till eventually it times out. In our case, this times out in, in from, from a test perspective, but also what happens is you get too many redirects and then the system actually stops itself. But if I just quickly go before that, just to show the contrast between what happened between those steps, this is immediately before, and this is what we'd expect to see from a page load time, a, a, a waterfall, I should say. We actually start to see it come down really nicely, quite parallel, and those processes happening from there. So these are just little glicks. What you'd have seen in this instance would have been maybe sort of a, a laggy performance. I'd have actually just delayed for a minute and then my system would have actually connected in from there. So all these little bits sort of fiddling around, see what was happening. I just find kind of fascinating to see what was there. You know, it's funny that they call this view waterfall, you know, or this particular, uh, you know, loading <laughs> of the objects, but this actually looks like a waterfall to me. So <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It does. Nice waterfall coming down from there. Okay. So having promised you outages, Kamal, now we're actually going to get into one. This is a Microsoft uh, Office 365 outage, or it's actually a Microsoft outage that occurred uh, December the 2nd there and sort of impacted sort of more people in, in the really APAC region down from there, So, which is why it's sort of close to my heart. Um, the outage is actually quite significant. It was sort of an hour and uh, an hour and 20 minutes. We actually sort of saw this, uh, this occurring from there. So it's quite actually interesting to see how this event unfolded, you know, um, 
if you look at the uh, timeline view uh, from the applica application uh, outages perspective and you move forward, you will see how actually um, application went uh, and had the outage uh, affecting Tokyo users in Japan, right? And as we progress throughout the event, uh, you will see that more and more um, users within the Asia Pacific region actually start getting impacted. And as you can see here, uh, we have a quite a beautiful representation of what we are just speaking about. So uh, on the right hand side, you can see uh, people in Singapore, Hong Kong, Kuala Lumpur, Tokyo being affected, right? And, you know, to, to Microsoft, Microsoft's credit, they actually uh, publicly announced what happened. So there, there was like root cause analysis and, and stuff like that. And it turns out that uh, this was a result of legacy code that was not able to, um, that was not able to uh, assert the request in, in time. And, you know, quite interestingly, solution for um, this particular event was, you know, just to, um, yeah. Just to reload. Right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The yeah. old in internet guys. Yeah, absolutely. That, that that's, that's that's really cool. And uh, as you say, so the, the leg system unable to process at the time there. And, and if we look at the areas we're seeing there, they're really just timeouts. So the system was 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 failing. And what I like about this, and, and this this moment in time, uh, so you know, this was occurring at uh, uh, 10 to 10 to 1. UTC, which is actually 10 to 10 Japanese Central Time, which is, you know, part of me actually affecting the infrastructure in that region. It's also why they noticed it as well. <laughs> it was in the middle of their working day, sort of where it was the outside from there. Um, exactly. But, but the, yeah, go on. And Sorry. We, can, we can quite clearly see that this affected, uh, you know, a lot of users. Uh, you know, we said it multiple times. There's this paradigm shift as part of which, you know, uh, cloud is our new data center, right? Uh, and software as a service applications are, you know, the way forward is part of which like everyone's using either using software as a service applications or they are actually, uh, you know, moving towards the infrastructure as a service model. And, you know, this uh, being a SaaS uh, suite of applications actually uh, probably was uh, negatively felt by the users in the region. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, so your point there about it being the SaaS and everyone across from there, which kind of throws me back to my numbers at the start, and I won't go back into the details, but we talk about the code freezes across from there. This is also an indication that the internet is now a huge reliance for not just the people at home, but also the businesses themselves. You know, we had an issue here from a SaaS application, this sort of dramatic effect from there. And and, and this is the, the moment in time here is where the actual the, the turn it off and on again started to occur and really started to clear the queues down. As you said, Microsoft were really quite open about this. They said that they had this issue with legacy infrastructure, uh, a process, sorry, a legacy process there, which required token authentication. And then they actually um, uh, did this reset to effectively clear the queues, move workloads off and shift things around. And we can see again, my step process comes back in. We see it recover sort of down from there, but uh, as you say, saw the complete outage. Again, a beautiful picture's painted. Agreed. Let's move on to our last outage for this week. On December the 5th, just after 2.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, AWS Ohio-based US East 2 region experienced connectivity issues. What did we see, Carl? Yeah, so uh, actually what we are looking at is um, 
intermittent spikes in packet loss that affected uh, connectivity towards the uh, US East 2 uh, Amazon region, which is quite large region for that matter. So if we look at the path visualization for this particular test, um, approximately at 7.30 UTC on the 5th of December, um, you know, um, we see that uh, multiple agents, in fact, the 18 agents that, that were assigned to this test are executing everything, uh, you know, correctly, everything is working fine. However, uh, approximately at uh, 7.40, we can uh, start seeing like uh, certain red circles, which uh, actually means that some of these um, hops are, were experiencing what we call forwarding loss. So if I uh, move forward uh, within the event timeline, you can quite clearly see that we have this chunk of, uh, you know, red circles on towards the right-hand side, which essentially indicates that traffic uh, going towards the uh, AWS uh, region, US East 2 in this particular case, uh, we're having some problems. Now, if we a uh, little bit um, zoom in onto this event and see, uh, select one of the agents, such as Seattle agent, right, from the central link perspective, uh, from the agent dropdown menu, uh, we are going to start seeing values for that one. And if I select that one as the only agent for that particular view, um, we are going to see uh, how this event unfolded. And as you can see uh, from the left-hand side, we see a uh, Seattle agent is deployed in uh, central link and the traffic was going towards the towards the uh, agent that's deployed in AWS uh, uh, in US East 2. And if I hover over this red circle, which tells me where the forwarding loss was experienced, I can see a quite interesting thing in, for, in format of uh, the fact that like uh, reverse DNS lookup tells me that this was a peering link uh, uh, between level three, which is a tier one provider again, uh, autonomous system number 3356, uh, and Amazon uh, 6509, right? So it looks like the event actually unfolded on the Amazon's edge, uh, which uh, might be the, the fact that, you know, something went wrong with the control plane uh, at the time. Maybe there was some, uh, you know, uh, large event that, you know, spikes the CPUs and stuff like that, or there was some automation change, uh, automated change uh, that actually caused this, or there was like typical engineering change that actually, you know, maybe configuration error or something like that. It's hard to know from this perspective, but we are actually looking into the event into, into details. We can quite clearly see that uh, the event took place at the Amazon Edge. Now, the percentages are not that high. Like we are looking at, you know, somewhere around a few percent of packet loss, which is probably the reason why not a lot of people actually complained about the agent, uh, region. But I think that this particular view is quite important because it gives us, you know, visibility into the forwarding path as part of which you can see traffic going to the uh, Amazon from the agent uh, on the left-hand side. And, you know, quite importantly, we see the uh, traffic uh, flowing back uh, from the Amazon, from the US East 2 region towards the uh, uh, towards the agent that was originating the traffic originally, right? So why is that important? It's important from the perspective of, uh, of the fact that the internet is asynchronous, right? The traffic that the traffic that's um, going in forwarding direction quite often is not going to uh, take the same path back, uh, you know, uh, when the responses are going on. So and in this particular case, we actually see that. So here, if I uh, just follow the arrows, and if I hover over these icons, I can see that this loss was uh, again happening somewhere down, uh, down in um, probably on the Amazon's backbone at this stage.
so, so we can see this within the Amazon backbone coming across in there. We've sort of shown the forward and reverse in there. So the impact, yeah. because this is in the US East too, we're actually looking that local, it looks like it's the ISP. So as you said, you said many times, the edge coming in from there. So what type of impact would we have experienced? If, I was, if, I, if I'm hosting there or, or, or what, let me just say, what, so what you're, impact you're, might have seen from here? Yeah. Yeah, even though the percentages are quite uh, small, we know that packet loss tends to uh, cripple uh, throughput of the flows, right? So yeah, if you are if you are essentially hosting something something in US East too at this time, and there's like two percent of packet loss or something like that, you know, your uh, users might see degraded performance in you know um, of your services essentially, right? Like the, the uh, right. you know they are trying to open up to a certain web page or they are trying to transact with the service that you are hosting uh, uh, in this particular region and they are having a hard time actually getting their experience. Fortunately enough, this, uh, you know, this was again, a small percentage of packet loss, uh, but still significant enough, uh, you know, uh, to for our platform to actually observe it and notice it, you know? And then mm -hmm. again, like, uh, you know, it goes without saying, but um, you know, Visibility is a key here, you know, uh, having yeah. this kind of a signal uh, coupled with alerts and dashboards, you know, uh, can be a difference between you actually having uh, to receive reports about you having a problem from the customers, which, you know, in the end of the 2022 uh, is the uh, worst possible way of actually getting to know about, uh, you know, performance issues uh, of your resource. End of 2022, you're making me feel very old. He <laughs> <laughs> rushes by past there. All right, that's really interesting. Thank, and I love the way again it shows up in there. Simple with the pictures. I like this 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 uh, bi-directional stuff. We can actually see from there, and you know, really allows you to, to definitively say this is where the problem lies. So it comes back to identifying responsibility. So so thanks for that, mate. So that's our show. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter. As always, if you have questions, feedback, and we'll take all of it, good, bad, or ugly. Um, or any guests you'd like to see, as I said, anything you'd like featured on the uh, on the show, please just send us a note at the internet report at thousandnights.com. And that's also where new subscribers can claim their free T-shirt. Just send us your address and T-shirt size and we'll get that right over to you. So with that, thanks, Kamal. Really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much, Mike. This was a lot of fun.